0: Slice Audio. And welcome to another edition of Doc Talk with Monument Health. Today we are talking with, and I'm going to need you to explain this to me, Doctor uh, Savario Barbera, an electrophysiologist. That is an impressive word, <laughs> <laughs> and I can't imagine uh, that 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 the what you do is also
1: um, uh, follows up with a how mm, big that is. Wow. Some people think I remove hair, <laughs> and that it's electrolysis. Um, but I do um, heart rhythm treatment, and that's probably, you know, a more mainstream way to describe my my specialty. It's, it's, I'm a heart rhythm doctor. Okay. And so I just uh, got into this uh, when I was probably around thirty. I started to figure out that I was going to train. Point the rest of my training in that direction and uh, took a few more years and then then I was uh, a heart rhythm specialist by the end of the I guess four years I, and I was 34 and I was um, uh, training uh, down in Texas to get this uh, degree and uh, you know it the field has gone unbelievable uh, it, berserk just like electronics in the world have exploded over the last 20 years. The field of cardiac electrophysiology has um, come along just so similar because what we're dealing with is electronics inside the body. uh, And that involves sometimes treating heart rhythms that are too slow with pacemakers which is an electrical, you know, a device, it's a computer, mm-hmm. um, with some wires attached to the end of it that go to the heart. And then there, there's, you know, rapid heartbeat problems where we have defibrillators, which we use to sometimes shock people out of rapid arrhythmias. But we also now, and this has really come incredibly uh, advanced over the 20 years, I've never seen any field in medicine do this, but we can fix electrical problems in the heart by burning or freezing heart tissue to stop hearts from racing, uh, uh, stop hearts from skipping, and stop them from what we call fibrillating. So that's cardiac electrophysiology, heart rhythm. That's uh, that what you've
0: seen over the past, like you said, 20 years, going back to the you know, uh, the, the the time when we're just learning really what the heart does, I suppose, to what you know now, that has to be just amazing. Like you said, with electronics that we have and how quickly those change,
1: how much we've learned about the heart
0: in that short period of time.
1: I was seeing a bunch of patients in the office today, and um, a lot of them had atrial fibrillation, the most common heart rhythm mm-hmm. problem that uh, people can have. And um, a lot of times they'll ask me about, you know, how... Um, how this has changed over time and today they were asking me I was describing to them back in 2002 and I was out on Long Island um, in in New York Um, and I was brought there from Texas where I had done my training and I was being asked to do a ablations then and we just started doing them and they asked the patients asked me what was it like you know when you first started practicing doing these procedures versus now and you know the first thing I'll tell them is how long it took to do it um so to do it's actually we're trying to do the same thing um but instead of taking five six hours it takes an hour maybe an hour and a half to get it done um uh, you know sometimes it can be a little longer and that you know it does happen there are cases that are complicated even more than the average but but in a, a straightforward patient you can be done and um, in an hour and a half. So that's, you know, four or five times faster in 20 years than we used to go in terms of just getting the job accomplished. But more important is success and safety, yeah. you know. So safety probably, you could put that first. And this procedure used to have a, you know, a chance of, of harming someone of a few percent. But now, um, you know, we're talking one in several hundreds. That's amazing. And so the, the safety factor has gone gone to uh, a new level so we can we'll take it on more and in the past you you know if you knew that you had a chance of harming somebody you really had to have a big big reason to to put somebody's life on the line uh it had to be really a problem but now we can do this with um very little risk and so the indications become more expanded and then uh, the efficacy of the procedure has Right, has really gotten good, too. So we used to be 50-50 really on a fix. <laughs> now, you know, it's 90% on somebody who doesn't have advanced or very difficult uh, if you catch it early. Sure. So we are moving towards trying to get people early because the downside to the AFib ablations that are still existing are the ones that... Uh, that we just we got we got too late. Yeah, they've been too far along in that heart rhythm problem. So, technology has gone uh, great, and we're actually expanded the indications for us to proceed with more. Um, and so, the guidelines of uh, the American Heart Association guidelines and things that we use to follow. That you know panels of people get together, experts, and we go over what's the you know what's the right indication for these procedures. And as the technological advancements have come along. We have uh, we have in- expanded uh, the population of patients that we are fixing, and uh, so it's really become a lot of fun. That's, um,
0: that's, it, it, it seems to be just an amazing field in, in how far you guys have come, and and, uh, and the reason why we're having you in for this podcast today as we get ready for the holidays uh, was when I saw what the topic was going to be when we were gonna, getting ready to talk about this. Yeah. I, uh, at first, when you when you see these two phrases together, you think, well, this is going to be a, a, a hallmark story that we're going to be talking <laughs> about in here, right? Because the term, and uh-huh. I, I just can't believe I had never heard this before, and you and I were talking before we got started, that I don't know if a lot of people are familiar with the term, but we're going to yeah. explain to them that this is a big deal that you need to watch out for, and it's mm-hmm. called the holiday heart. Mm-hmm. And I'll let you take it from there because okay. it's pretty... It's 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 fascinating and in in a in a little scary.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll use an anecdote and it'll be myself because I had holiday heart. Um, believe it or not, okay. I'm also a client. Um, <laughs> it was on my honeymoon when I was about 26 oh, wow. years of age. But I'm going to come back to that first. I'll just tell you what basically it is. Every holiday season or um, weekend, even you can call that a holiday. There's sure, I think in. In Great Britain, they'd say I'm on holiday. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, that just means I'm pounding. <laughs> but uh, the, people indulge uh, overly uh, in in food and in 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 excitement, and then also in drink. Usually, alcohol is the the one of the biggest stimulants. So mm-hmm. holiday heart usually will involve some consumption of alcohol, and you might have somebody who doesn't drink ordinarily. And doesn't have any heart problems who suddenly is hitting it hard with uh, with company and um you know a couple hours after their meal um they'll just feel like there's a hamster running around <laughs> in their chest and they don't feel right um and they think they may be having a heart attack and they come into the uh, emergency room um and they are found to have a heart rhythm abnormality that I just talked about, uh, called atrial fibrillation. But you could have other ones. You can have just skipped beats from the upper chambers. It's called premature atrial contractions, or you can have skip beats from the lower chambers, uh, premature ventricular contractions, or you can have what we call supraventricular tachycardia or even ventricular tachycardia. These are upper chamber, lower chamber, rapid heartbeats. But most commonly, it's AFib, and they're usually they're people that didn't have a heart condition to begin with. They just uh, well, they were on holiday and they were having too much holiday. You know, and so they, they got sick. Um, and it usually resolves. It's like having a really bad hangover. We give them fluids and some electrolytes and they, usually their potassiums are off. Their, their magnesiums might be off and they've got just you know dehydration because alcohol do right. that to you. Um, and they're, or, or, or they're initially overly salted and their heart stretched a bit because of the over-hydration, over-salt um, intake. Uh, and that'll all, you know, be shifting around as the hours pass, as the person is kind of coming through their hangover state, which people, I'm sure many of the people out here can, <laughs> can relate. Um, and and it's, it's something that we, uh, we, we'd see. Now, getting back to my story, um, I learned about it, Firsthand, um, because I, I was in Jamaica, n- <laughs> not Queens, but <laughs> the islands. Um, at, 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 on my honeymoon, back I was age 26, healthy, nothing wrong, uh, very active, athletic type, and I and I um, we were, we were having fun at the poolside with a lot of other couples that had just been married, and we were all drinking and um, playing volleyball in the pool, and it was really warm and hot and um, you know there was a bar in the pool and and you know we would go take a break and run over to the bar and chug a cold beer and then get back to the volleyball and um, the cold beer um, went down my warm esophagus and um, all of a sudden after that I felt out of rhythm and and what had happened I, I you know, became more and more understanding of this as I hadn't been trained yet in this field. So I really didn't know then what was going on. But in Mm -hmm. retrospect, now I know what happened. I I tickled my heart uh, into uh, AFib with the cold substance. And I saw a person in the office yesterday who had um, uh, done that, too, with not with a cold beer, but with a cold glass of of ice water in July. Um, He had a monitor that I had implanted. And it showed the AFib that happened, and it happened right after he chugged uh, cold um, ice water. In, in And so that's another form of, of arrhyth- an arrhythmia condition that can happen that isn't necessarily um, as a result of an underlying disease state. It's just the circumstances. It's a circumstantial well, yeah, heart rhythm problem.
0: I'm so surprised by what simple foods can do to your heart. And I, and I think a lot of people... When you're when, when what happens, what's happening to them and what you're describing, I, I don't think most of them would be like, well, I, I must something's wrong with my heart, you know, because I don't think they associate the two. Yeah. And, and I think that can be kind of dangerous in this situation, right. can
1: it? No, absolutely. Um, You know, it's you know, there's overdoing it with caffeinated beverages, with sports drinks, uh, uh
0: like the energy drinks and things like that, too. Yeah. Those ones that can get just.
1: Red Bull, Monster, yeah. you know, and uppers, downers. <laughs> uh, people do the Red Bull vodkas, sure, and, and they're really playing, you know, ping pong with their Hearts uh, electronic system. So can it can it lead to can this
0: be something permanent? I mean, is yeah. it is it can it be that dangerous if it's not? Watched Thankfully,
1: for? you know, it's usually limited to that experience, and it it doesn't um, become a recurrent problem. Mm-hmm. But sometimes in patients who, um, uh, for example, if they don't seek help and they stayed in it, right? you know, they were just so hungover and they were just totally inebriated and they stayed home and they lived in the arrhythmia for that night, the next day, and maybe they're big chested. They don't really feel the irregularity. A certain percentage of people who have atrial fib, for example, don't feel it, 30% oh, or so. They no don't even know kidding. they're in AFib. So maybe they don't get a doctor's uh, evaluation. They don't see anybody. They don't know that their pulse is out of rhythm. And they can walk around for a month, maybe two months, uh, before maybe then they start going, I'm out of gas. Yeah, <laughs> And I don't know what's this been ever since over the past month or so, that big party and they show up, and now a month's worth of heart rhythm abnormality persisting like that can actually start to do some damage. So because we know that atrial fib can lead to atrial fib. So, um, meaning it's it's like a a, a a vicious cycle. So that person may start to have taken on damage, and their atria start to get enlarged. Their upper chambers of their heart can start to get sick. And now it's not as... Uh, as easy to fix.
0: Okay. Once it reaches that certain stage, then it's... It may get right. stuck in there. So what is that, if, if you can describe, uh, what would a typical holiday heart feeling be? Is is there certain mm. similar things that everybody be like, okay, if this is
1: happening... Mm. Most commonly, it's going to be palpitations, which okay. is an uncomfortable awareness of your heart beating in your chest. It doesn't feel normal. You know, normally we don't feel our heart beating in our mm-hmm. chest. We're just living and we're active and we don't even know it's there. Um, but um, if you suddenly start noticing that, uh, you know, there's a reverberation off the chest wall, off your chest wall, that would be one uh, of the, mo- the most common symptoms. Y- you can also feel short of breath, um, just not really able to catch your wind. You're going up the stairs and you can't catch, catch your breath as easy as you normally would or or you just feel exhausted. You may mm-hmm. maybe feel a little lightheaded. These would be the the potential symptoms of a heart rhythm abnormality. But again, the most common would be palpitations. Um, if they start to experience these, then then what's the first thing they should do, doctor? Well, you know, if you're in the midst of a holiday um, and you're you know you feel like your heart is skipping around, all of a sudden it never was doing it before, and it's not letting up. Uh, you know and you've got you've you've had something uh, some water and it's it's not you know it's still going and mm-hmm. the night is getting old and you're still like <laughs> feeling funny maybe you don't have chest pain but if you have chest pain you're going to be a little bit more quick to get sure. to to help but if it's just a skipping you can give it a little time but that's something that eventually you're going to need to to head over to an urgent care center, uh, ER, okay. and get uh, get a check-in. At that point, they'll probably put you on a monitor, and they might, at that point, make the, dis- the, the discovery of your arrhythmia yeah. condition, uh, and you get treatment from that point.
0: Now, we've talked quite a bit about AFib in this, in describing the holiday heart, and a lot of people might really have started to understand what this condition is because of the technologies that we have now, one being smartwatches. Yes. Right? Do yes. you are do you are you are you behind those? Do you recommend those? I sure do. do. do you, as you pull, um, you look at yours. I look at mine. Check mine. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, seventy nine beats a minute. I'm excited. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So are they Are they pretty? You know, speaking specifically of of the Apple Watch, and yeah. They, and they have the uh, the the the, um, the what checks for an AFib. It can yeah. literally check. Yeah. Are Are they pretty accurate? Do Auto you, detection.
1: You, yeah. Yeah. Oh, unbelievable. Really? Uh, it's an incredibly uh, smart watch. Uh, it, it really can tell you that your heart's out a rhythm. Um, if you, you have to turn that on. Mm-hmm. Correct. You've got to be on the lookout for it. And, and many young, healthy, otherwise healthy people aren't looking at, to have that, need to necessarily have that turned on. But what you could do, though, even if you don't have it turned on and you feel symptoms, is you can then record an EKG you know, playing with the crown of the device and, uh, you know, your app on your phone. You can make a PDF file, a 30-second snapshot of what rhythm you have at that point. That's very helpful for uh, the providers that are going to evaluate this because they can really see what was going on when you felt what you felt. I see. Okay. So very good to correlate the clinical symptom with what a patient uh, has on monitor so that Apple Watch it's it's right on you you can use that. There's another technology that's great for patients who may be in a little bit more of a higher risk group for the development of AFib and it's called the Cardia. Okay. I'm not sure if you're familiar with this. No. So the Cardia is something you can buy on say for example Amazon. Um, you you know it it's a a pair of electrodes that's on a flat panel a little tin electrodes that. You can put your fingers on, and um, so one finger on one side, one finger on the other, and that will be like being hooked up to a, a surface electrocardiogram, and then um, that'll Bluetooth to your smartphone, the recordings, and and so you'll get a really beautiful EKG uh, of what's going on at the time. So, um, for example, my mom... <laughs> She's also a client as well. <laughs> she um, she has the cardia because she had AFib. And, um, you know, we're trying to get her away from needing to be on the blood thinners because yeah. it was ablated and it's been fixed. She's doing great. But we're worried because she's older. And so we want to make sure we're not missing uh, potentially silent AFib. Or sometimes she gets symptoms. She's a little bit on the nervous side. So I'll say, Mom, just... Hook up to the Cardia and send me the PDF file, and I can see whether she's having a fib. It's amazing. So right there from, you know, 1,700 miles away, I'm pretty much hooked up. She's yeah. on a telemonitor. So it's really useful, these uh, smartwatches and uh, technology like the Cardia. Uh, even Fitbits are great. You know, they can tell you what your heart rate is right. sometimes. if it's, You know, you shouldn't have a heart rate, for example. Typically, it, it wouldn't get, even on exercise – faster than about 220 minus your age. So it's the maximum predicted heart rate. Oh, wow, that's so much higher than I thought.
0: You really. thought it was
1: going to be lower. I thought, yeah,
0: I thought you, you would want it even as your most active. Not quite that high,
1: but huh. So, yeah, I mean, for example, a 40-year-old, you know, if you're exercising and your heart rate goes to 200, that's not good. That's that's probably lot, patholo- Meaning, okay, that's not a normal rhythm. That's not a, a physiologic response to the ex- exercise. Got it. So you can people can use their Fitbits and other um, heart rate monitors. These are not recording rhythm necessarily. Mm-hmm. They're not giving you the, the the shape of the electrocardiogram, but they at least are telling you what the pulse rate is. Yeah. And so you know, a seventy year old if their pulse is one eighty, that's not normal something's wrong so even if they don't have the sophisticated abilities with uh, an apple watch uh, a simpler pulse counting watch can sometimes be helpful too
0: it is it's uh well and and when you do on your phone uh when you're checking your your heart rhythm uh you'll see at the end of it it'll say that you have a sinus rhythm correct yes and that when i first saw it i thought oh god what is that sinus Mm. rhythm what does that mean do i need to go yeah (laughs) but that means that that's good that's, that's what you want good. to see. Yeah, right. as a
1: matter of fact, I have a friend who started a business on Long Island and he called it Sinus Rhythm. <laughs> he was in the heart He was in that's, the heart rhythm business. Yeah. He's like, "But I'm sick of this stuff." He was a He was a rep for Medtronic Corporation, sold devices. And He's like, I just want to retire and build houses in the Hamptons and just hang out. And I'm going to call my company Sinus Rhythm. That's great. <laughs> I don't think a lot of people knew what the heck he no, was exactly. talking about, Kevin. But yeah, oh, I think that's he, did, good. he did form that company. So as we get
0: into the holidays, uh, mm-hmm. please watch for the holiday heart. Uh, Dr. Barbera, thank you so much for coming in and talking with me. And, uh, you know, pleasure. If, if we can if we can ever have a, another conversation uh, of something that is as cutely named again, <laughs> I would love to talk with you.
1: I'll look for some of those. <laughs> Thank yeah. you very much. Great. Thanks a lot.
0: Talk Talk with Monument Health is recorded live at Homeslice Studios, hosted by Mark Houston, edited by Russ Hatton, engineered by Chris Jaquis, and produced by Kelsey Kinney and
1: Rob Henry.